Good Friday morning and the long holiday weekend is upon us. So we have everything you need to know to celebrate these final days of summer. It's September 1st. This is today. Ready, set, travel. More than 100 million Americans heading out for Labor Day weekend after a record-setting summer at airports and on the roads. It takes us three hours. It takes us three hours. The beach is set to be packed as well, but swimmers facing rip current warnings up and down the East Coast will have it all covered, including some very good news in the forecast. Cameras in court. Donald Trump's election fraud trial in Georgia set to be televised. A key decision by the judge after the former president pled not guilty and waived his arraignment this morning. The impact on the case and where things go from here. Adelia's aftermath, stunning new images of the hurricane's path of destruction across the South. Boy, it did, a, did horrendous damage, uh, you know, way beyond what we expected. Parts of Florida's Gulf Coast decimated tens of thousands still without power. We're there live. Day in court. The Utah mother and children's book author charged with the fatal poisoning of her own husband facing a judge today. Just ahead, new details on the case against her. Those stories plus instant blockbuster. Taylor Swift ignites a new ticket frenzy with the announcement of her Eras Tour film. Why it's already a game changer for music and movies. Today, Friday, September 1st, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And a good Friday morning to you. Welcome to today. We are so glad that you're with us on this Friday. Savannah and Hoda are off. Chanel is here. Get ready for this holiday weekend, Labor Day, marking the unofficial end of summer. And for many, today is getaway day. Check it out. Cars moving along nicely on Interstate 4 near Orlando. AAA estimates 95 million Americans will be driving to their holiday destinations. Gas prices at 382 a gallon, almost exactly what they were last year at this time. As for the airports right now, here's the scene at Wigan National this morning. The FAA preparing for some 14 million flyers over the weekend. That's that's the highest number in years. And that's after what's already been a record-breaking summer. Flying or driving for many, it's all about that final trip to the beach. And here along the East Coast, there are major concerns over dangerous rip currents that have already forced some hotspots to close. We've got it all covered for you this morning, including Dylan's much-anticipated forecast. Going to be a hot and sunny one for a lot of you, but... We're going to start with NBC's Tom Costello. He's keeping an eye on the highways outside Washington, D.C. Tom, good Friday to you. Guys, just like clockwork, it's September 1st, and we've had to pull out the jackets here this morning. 55 degrees or so when we woke up, a little bit chilly. But think about the number you just said. That means roughly a third of the country, almost a third, is going to be traveling this weekend. Yeah, the roads here are packed already. People headed out to the beach. Domestic travel is up. International travel is up. A lot of people headed to Canada to get cooler. If we're going to be on the roads or at the airports, we're going to have a lot of company. It's that last big getaway of the summer. Millions of Americans driving into a busy travel weekend ahead. I'm expecting a lot of traffic. We expect, yeah, a lot more people, a lot more crowds, uh, especially with a long weekend. 
AAA says bookings for domestic travel, including flights, hotels, rental cars, and cruises, are up 4% since Labor Day last year, and a whopping 44% rise in international bookings, with top destinations including Vancouver, Rome, London, Dublin, and Paris. With an estimated 95 million Americans expected to travel in the coming days, experts say the best times to avoid heavy traffic are in the evening and the early morning, right about now. The longer you wait during the rest of the day, more people are just going to be filtering on the road. So if you can get a good jump start on the holiday, you'll be out ahead of the crowd. Some cities with typically heavy traffic are expected to be even more congested than usual, including L.A., Seattle, Houston, Atlanta, and Boston. It takes us three hours. It takes us three hours. We're there for the weekend. We'll have a good good old time. So some travelers are planning ahead. Then we're actually going to go back on Sunday, so we're not dealing with the Monday traffic. And with the roads expected to be packed, experts are urging motorists to drive with patience to avoid what's become a nationwide problem, road rage. A new survey finds the most confrontational drivers are in Arizona, followed by Rhode Island, West Virginia, Virginia, and Oklahoma. If you're looking for polite drivers, head to Delaware. They're nice there. And many drivers are getting a break at the gas pump. Average gas prices now $3.82 a gallon per AAA. That's close to the same time a year ago. Meanwhile, the holiday rush is on at the airports. The TSA expecting to screen more than 14 million passengers this weekend. It was not your imagination if you were in airports this summer. 227 million people, two and a half million a day. That's going to go down as the busiest on record. Guys, I just checked. We've only got 42 flight cancellations right now for the whole country. Things are looking pretty good today if you're flying. If you're driving, get out there early. This is heavy traffic already. Back to you. All right. Tom Costello for us. Tom, have a great Labor Day weekend, buddy. Thank you. Of course, many are planning to celebrate the holiday weekend at the beach, but for some looking to take one last dip in the ocean on the East Coast this summer, they could find the water off limits. NBC's Stephanie Gosk is at Jones Beach on New York's Long Island to explain. Steph, good morning. Hey, Chanel, good morning. I mean, the weather is obviously cooperating out here. It's absolutely beautiful. It's the water that's the problem. This beach was closed because of rip currents. There were other beaches along the East Coast that were closed on Thursday as well. The problem, Hurricane Franklin, which is off the coast and not projected to make landfall, but it is churning the waters of the Atlantic. That creates these life-threatening rip currents as well as large waves. The National Weather Service's waves can get as big as eight feet here on Jones Beach. It's not just here in the New York City area. It's all along the East Coast, Massachusetts, New Jersey. There are other states experiencing problems as well with rip currents because of other weather systems, including Texas and California. Now, there are some safety tips. If the risk is high for rip currents, stay out of the water. If you are in the water and get caught in one, the most important thing is to stay calm and then not swim into the rip current, but rather parallel to the shore. Now, here at Jones Beach officials tell us that they're going to be evaluating the water conditions and determining later on this morning whether or not they will open up the beach. Their advice to beachgoers is please pay attention to the lifeguards and stay safe this holiday weekend. Guys, back to you. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Steph. All right. So whether you will be marking the holiday weekend at the beach, perhaps the backyard, everyone, 
likely has the same question. How's the weather going to be looking? Dylan is in for Al this morning. She has the answer. What's the word? Uh, the pressure's on, but the weather looks fantastic. Believe it or not, we've got just beautiful sunshine across a good portion of the country. There is some monsoonal moisture out in the southwest, so keep in mind that the desert southwest could see a little bit of rain out of that. And We also have some uh, scattered showers along the Gulf Coast, but across the northeast, back through the Midwest, back through the plains, and most of the west coast will be enjoying a lot of sunshine with no major impacts to the roads. And here you go. No major impacts impacts at the airports either. So if your flight is delayed or canceled, they can't blame the weather because there really is nothing going on uh, across the country. Although down through the Gulf Coast, we do have this stationary front, which is just going to keep the chance of showers and storms around. Not a washout, but when you get stuck in some of these heavier downpours, it could produce a lot of rain in a short period of time. And especially in that Big Bend area of Florida, that's where we have the ground saturated because of Adalia that moved through. So any additional rain could lead to that threat for some uh, flooding. So that is going to be really our only uh, trouble spot going through the weekend as we could get some of that flooding rain down across Florida and the Gulf Coast. Craig. All right. We'll come back to you in just a few minutes, Dylan. Thank you. Meanwhile, this morning, there are some significant developments in one of the legal cases that surrounds Donald Trump. The former president has pleaded not guilty to election interference charges in Georgia. He also waived his arraignment that was set for next week. So what's next in that case? NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett, joins us. Laura, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, guys. So as I just mentioned, now that Trump has formally waived an arraignment in person, uh, what are you watching for next in the Georgia case? The big question is, when is the judge going to set the trial date, right? We know at least one of his co-defendants, Ken Chesbrough, the architect of that fake electors scheme, he's going going to trial in October. We know that for sure. But as of right now, he's the only one going to trial in October. Mm. And Mr. Trump obviously does not want this trial to happen in October. So the big question is, when is the judge going to set that date? Another big question seems to be this this idea that the former president wants his case severed uh, from the others. He does not want to stand trial with his co-defendants. What do you make of that? Yeah. So his argument there is basically that his attorney has a conflict. He's busy. He already has a trial. Now, you would think when he took this case, he knew he had another trial going in September. Uh, so we'll see what the judge does there. The judge might give him a little bit of leeway, but he may not put it off forever. He may say, look, you should be prepared to go to trial in early next year. Mm. The question here is, we know he's got a pretty crowded trial schedule. He's now got four different criminal cases in the midst of a political campaign, yeah. right? And so the question is, which one's going to go first? As of right now, it's that other case in D.C., but the Georgia case, you might see them try to leapfrog over that one. And the judge also confirmed there will also be cameras for all hearings and trials. It will also be live-streamed. And that's what makes Georgia different. Remember, guys, this is state court. Mm. Unlike federal court, you can have cameras. And the judge has said, if for all hearings, for any trials, it may be part of what factored into Trump yeah. deciding not to come in person for that arraignment. We just don't know. But I think having cameras in the courtroom is a game changer, and it's what makes this case different. All right. I want to just go back to really quickly to, to the point you made about the possibility of having his case severed from the other co-defendants. Sure. What what would that look like? What would what would that mean uh, for his trial and the, the trial of the co-defendants as well? That we would just have sort of separate trials at different times, and you can still talk about, obviously, the whole scheme. You'd still be able to talk about the racketeering charges, but the, the district attorney obviously wants to try as many of them together so that she can tell the full story and have them all together. But again, we'll have to see. It's going to be up to the judge to decide. All right, Laura, thank you. Have a good weekend, Laura. Uh, Meanwhile, we turn now to the aftermath of Hurricane Adalia and the jaw-dropping damage along Florida's Gulf Coast. Some new drone video from communities 
communities that just reopened shows just how brutal that Category 3 storm was when it made landfall on Wednesday. The cleanup already well underway across the southeast. NBC's Maggie Vespa joins us now from hard-hit Horseshoe Beach, Florida. Maggie, good morning to you. Hey, Craig, good morning. You mentioned that cleanup. You can see they have their work cut out for them here in Horseshoe Beach. I mean, clearly, look at this. This was a house, right? And now we've just got these kind of cement pillars, a metal roof on top, some wood, uh, basically foundation in between. I mean, this house was completely decimated. We've got our drone up. I want to show you the view from above. You can see basically this entire block and beyond looks like this. Again, we're in Horseshoe Beach, Florida, one of the communities that was initially cut off in the wake of Idalia. The roads reopened yesterday, revealing a need far beyond anything we'd seen so far. This morning, in the wake of Idalia's deadly wrath, a stunning new look at coastal Florida communities utterly decimated by the historic hurricane. Entire blocks torn to shreds when the Category 3 made landfall Wednesday, with pieces of homes scattered and trucks submerged in murky water. We didn't expect it to be this bad. Before and after satellite photos showing the storm's destruction in Florida. President Biden, who on Thursday thanked staff at FEMA headquarters for their response to Idalia and the Maui wildfires, will survey the damage in Florida on Saturday. To the people of Florida and throughout the southeast, uh, I'm here to make clear that our nation has your back. The president's promise coming alongside a series of updates on the struggle to recover. Seeing a lot of damage and I'm also seeing a lot of resiliency. Long lines growing with families desperate for donations and supplies. Idalia downgraded to a tropical storm Wednesday night, but still wreaked havoc in Georgia and the Carolinas, leaving behind a landscape of flooded communities. Georgia officials confirming a third hurricane-related death following two fatal car crashes in Florida during the storm, according to Florida Highway Patrol. We do have one reported fatality in Lowndes County from a tree falling on a vehicle. We're certainly keeping the family in our thoughts. Meanwhile, images of Floridians who opted not to evacuate going viral. This man enjoying a beer in his recliner, even though his living room is flooded. For Deborah Mims in Hard Hit Perry, she heard this massive tree come crashing down while she rode out the storm in her home. Realize you do, you're stronger than you think you are. And then you walk outside and you're like, oh, wow, I made it through. I didn't, you know, die. All right, back out here live in Horseshoe Beach, Florida. Here's that drone shot again. Again, just an absolutely stunning view from above. So much devastation here. Uh, we should point out that basically maybe it's no surprise based on what you're seeing. There are still mass power outages throughout the state. We just checked online. According to the latest numbers, close to 130,000 people across Florida and Georgia still without electricity. That being said, kind of a silver lining here, despite how bad this looks and how bad this is. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis pointing out no deaths confirmed in Horseshoe Beach and in some of the hardest hit areas. Confirmation, he says that a lot of people heeded these warnings and took this storm seriously. And then finally, guys, one final point. When it comes to President Biden's visit to Florida tomorrow, we don't yet know which area he's planning to see. Craig, I'll send it back you to you. You make a good point, though, at least no fatalities. But it is, it's hard to just look at the randomness of the damage mm -hmm. as well. Some houses leveled, others just fully intact right next door. Maggie Vespa for us there in Florida. Maggie, thank you. Meantime, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has been cleared by the attending physician of Congress to resume his schedule just one day after the 81-year-old experienced yet another health scare. NBC's Peter Alexander is in Washington with the very latest. Peter, good morning to you. Uh, what is the doctor saying? 
Yeah, Chanel, this doctor's note is actually pretty brief, just a few sentences long. It is from, as you note, the Senate's attending physician made public yesterday. The doctor's name is Brian Monahan. He says that he consulted with the 81-year-old senator and his neurology team, determined that McConnell is medically clear to continue his work schedule. Still, this note is significant because this is the first time that McConnell's team publicly acknowledges that these recent staring spells, these sort of on-camera freeze-ups, could be the lingering effects from a fall and a concussion that McConnell suffered in March when he missed a month of work. The doctor writes in part, occasional lightheadedness is not uncommon in concussion recovery and can also be expected as a result of dehydration. To be clear here, Dr. Monahan does not say whether he himself examined McConnell in person and the senator's team did not answer whether he has actually seen his doctor. They have also not yet said when his next public appearance would be. Chanel. Mm, so then with that said, what's the latest reaction from both sides of the aisle? Yeah, you have leaders from both parties expressing their support for McConnell. But there are really uh, there are real concerns, I think, about his health right now. President Biden, who, by the way, has faced scrutiny about his own fitness to serve, said that he spoke to McConnell on the phone yesterday. He said that he's confident McConnell will be back to his old self. And then we heard from the Republican presidential candidate, Nikki Haley. She called McConnell's latest freeze, quote, sad, but added, you have to know when to leave before renewing her call for term limits. Chanel, two House Republicans tell NBC News that they want more transparency about McConnell's current condition, given the fact that he is the Senate's top Republican. Yeah, there are some concerns for sure. All right, Peter, thank you. Some extreme and unusual weather disrupted life in Arizona last night. Check this out. A massive dust storm. It's known as a haboob. A haboob. Look at those pictures. Yeah. My goodness. I'm just staring at you, Dylan. Do you I'm have just some... wondering how many times Craig's going to say it. Well, I, I, I was not familiar with the, <laughs> with the, the term haboob. It's Al Broker's favorite. I, I must have <laughs> Never heard it. Of, my no. goodness. What a scene. It is a giant dust storm. I mean, yeah. it looks like a wall of dust. And with the monsoonal conditions out in the southwest, sometimes it's accompanied with rain, but you get a lot of that wind and it just pushes that dry uh, dirt basically wherever that wind is headed. So that is kind of the uh, situation out in the southwest. Although today in Arizona, it looks like we'll get a better chance of seeing some rain. It's already falling at this time. The heat is going to build back into the Plain States. We're looking for highs in the mid to upper 90s. It's not going to be all that humid. So I guess we could call it a dry heat, but hot is hot. And it's still going to be up around 100 degrees for a lot of those locations. Beautiful in the Midwest and in the Northeast today. Temperatures in the 70s, some low 80s, low humidity. And again, we do have some of those scattered showers and heavier downpours expected along the Gulf Coast. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you. Still ahead here on a Friday morning. New details in the case of that Utah mother accused of fatally poisoning her own husband. She's facing a judge today, and Aaron McLaughlin's been covering that story for us. Hey, Aaron. Hey there, Craig. That's right. During today's court hearing, we could be hearing from Corey Richens enter a plea for the first time since she was accused of lethally poisoning her husband, Eric, with a dose of fentanyl. I'll have all the latest coming up. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Plus, the announcement that's led to a new Taylor Swift ticket frenzy. Her era's tour coming to the big screen inside that huge demand, the reaction from fans and the impact it's already having on other movies. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed here we go pivot A 7.30 with Jacob Soboroff, and we're also back with one of one of Friend's most quoted oh, scenes there. That All-time best. All-time best. And you had your own version of a pivot moment this week. Take a look at this. No. <laughs> so, Ethan, um, Ethan is a young man, freshman at Rutgers. He actually revealed his college choice live here on the Today Show. Uh, a few months ago. So he, Ethan called me up um, and he asked me to help him move in. And so and this how'd it is, go? Are your arms well, sore today? You just, you saw how it went. My arms are sore. <laughs> you know, it's funny. What floor, I remember my first dorm was on the fifth or sixth floor, fourth floor, maybe. Oh, Ethan, deep penthouse, baby. Yeah. Top floor, of there course. No elevators at Rutgers? Top floor. It's a rite of passage. You got to carry so it up. We're going to show you how that went in our next hour. That was All nice right. of you. Thank, thank For you. For sure. But first, we have a lot to get to in this half hour, beginning with new developments in a case we've been following. Yeah, that's right. A Utah mother wrote a children's book about grief after prosecutors say she fatally poisoned her own husband. She was denied bail back in June, and today she's facing a judge yet again. NBC's Erin McLaughlin has been following this story for us. She joins us live now. Erin, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. It's been over two months since Corey Richens' last court appearance. During that appearance, her sister-in-law called her an evil she never knew existed. For today's hearing, Eric's family is said to be optimistic this will move to trial, but it's not clear whether they'll be in attendance. This morning, a Utah wife and mother of three accused of fatally poisoning her husband is due back in court, where a judge will determine whether or not Corey Richens' case will go to trial. Richens, who's been charged with first-degree aggravated murder and three counts of possession with intent to distribute a controlled substance, has not yet entered a plea. Police arrested Richens last May, more than a year after her husband Eric's death. At the time, Richens had been promoting her new children's book on coping with grief. My kids and I kind of wrote this book on the different emotions and grieving processes that we've experienced last year. 
According to court documents, last March, officers discovered Eric unresponsive at the foot of his bed in the early morning hours. That night, Richens revealing to police she had made Eric a Moscow mule that he drank in bed. Upon his death, autopsy results finding he had fentanyl in his system. According to court documents, his family later telling investigators Eric believed Corey may have tried to poison him more than once, even changing his will and life insurance from his wife to his sister. Five times the lethal dose is not accidental, Your Honor. In June, prosecutors painting Richens as a calculating killer during a detention hearing and revealing new details about the Utah mom's alleged Internet activity, including searches for luxury prisons for the rich. How long does life insurance take to pay? And can the FBI find deleted text messages? There's nothing to show that Corey did anything to Eric. It could have been accidental. A judge ultimately denying Richens bail and a pretrial release. In a case centered on a family's grief, this next hearing may be a turning point towards closure. And we're comfortable that the state has uh, put together a good case. We've reached out to Corey Richens' attorney for comment, but no response. If convicted, she faces between 25 years to life in prison without parole. Prosecutors have filed a notice of intent not to seek the death penalty. Craig. Aaron, do we do we know what's expected to happen in that courtroom today? Well, Craig, a judge is expected to listen to additional testimony and review evidence and then determine if Richens is bound for trial. If it's determined there's not enough substantial evidence, the case could be dismissed. But again, the family spokesperson says they're optimistic based on what was presented during that bail hearing back in June. If this all goes ahead, Richens is expected to formally make a plea for the first time in this case. Mm. Craig. All right, Aaron McLaughlin for us. Aaron, thank you. Just ahead, celebrating the remarkable life of legendary Price is Right host Bob Barker inside the show's touching tribute in prime time to its late star. But first, we told you about it yesterday on pop star Taylor Swift bringing her record-shattering tour to movie theaters. So naturally, em- Emily Akita has a follow-up. <laughs> Emily. Hey there. Well, Taylor Swift is entering her autumn era, and her latest announcement has Swifties running for tickets to the movie theaters, as you mentioned, coming up. What we know about the two-hour and 45-minute concert film and the frenzy to score tickets. Stay with us. Oh, welcome back, folks. In case you hadn't heard, it has been the summer of Taylor Swift, and now the superstar is set to take over fall as well, apparently. You know, if you recall, we had breaking news for you yesterday on Popstar, the Eras Tour coming to theaters near you, and Swift's big announcement has fans once again rushing to buy tickets. Our chief Swifty correspondent, Emily Aketa, is here to break it all down. Emily, good morning. You got your ticket? You you. get your ticket? I'm all set, ready to go. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you had to wait in an online queue to buy a movie ticket? That's the kind of demand Taylor Swift is driving now that she's gearing up to take over thousands of theaters next month with a two hour and 45 minute concert film and no Swifties will not calm down about it. Taylor Swift is entering her movie theater era, bringing her sold out concert tour that's dazzled fans around the world to the big screen this fall. The Cruel Summer singer writing on social media, the Eras Tour has been the most meaningful electric experience of my life so far, adding in an apparent nod to her lucky number. Starting October 13th, you'll be able to experience the concert film in theaters in North America at thousands of AMC locations. Within minutes of Thursday's announcement, the demand from devoted Swifty started driving delays at the box office that her fans know all too well. 
I went in the app, it was literally 25 minutes of a wait time. And then when I was getting the tickets, everything was already sold out. AMC, which is also distributing the film to other theaters, warned of potential delays and outages during ticket sales, even after upgrading its website to handle five times the previous traffic. Chloe Charlton is excited to bring her kids to finally see their favorite singer. The movie is just such an awesome opportunity for them to get to experience it at a reasonable time and a reasonable price. Industry experts expect the Aristor film to rival the success of major Hollywood hits, even prompting horror film The Exorcist Believer to change its original Friday the 13th release date, with the founder of Bloomhouse writing, look what you made me do, and hashtag Exorswift. What does that say about the power of Taylor Swift? We've never had such recognition of, oh, this is a tsunami coming to the box office and we are going to get out of the way of it. Swift has released films about previous tours, but only after they wrapped. This time, she's in the middle of her record-setting stadium tour that's become a cultural phenomenon. Polestar estimates the Eras tour could gross a record-breaking $1.5 billion-plus throughout its 20-month run. With such high demand, the average seat in the U.S. surged to a jaw-dropping $1,130 on ticket reseller StubHub. It's a lot of money, a lot of effort, but again, it's worth it. Just, you know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. The movie offers a far cheaper and more accessible way for fans to experience the Eras tour at 1989, a reference to her 2014 pop album that she's re-releasing also in October, as the summer of Swift looks to extend into autumn. What kind of numbers pre-sale are we talking about? Are we talking about a Marvel-level pre-sale numbers? Well, that seems to be the case. Deadline wow. is reporting that just partway through the day yesterday, sales exceeded $10 million, so still wow. counting. For perspective, Marvel's Eternals hit $12 million, and that was just a few days out from the release date, so Taylor Swift could be very well on her way to yet another wow. record. And just keep in mind, this movie-going experience is not going to be typical. Taylor Swift herself is encouraging people to dress up, wear those friendship bracelets, oh my goodness. and get up and dance. And you know what? If you didn't have a theater. chance, yeah, if you didn't have a chance to go to the concert, That's I true. did, right? I take my daughter to the movie. Absolutely. Let her dress up. It's I mean, cheaper, it's, it's more accessible, and people can just relive the fun if they've already exactly. seen the concert. So. If you build Very it, they smart. will come. As Craig said, we'll be reporting on her Oscar win uh, coming next <laughs> I know, year. right? Are we going towards an EGOT? Like, goodness so, gracious. It's a genius concept. It is. It's a genius yeah. idea. Thank, Thank you, you, Emily. Thanks, Thanks Emily. Uh, let us get another check of the weather coming up. Dylan, how are we looking? Well, it's looking pretty warm for a lot of folks back through the Plain States where temperatures will be running about 10 to 15 degrees above average today. Rapid City, about 95 degrees. Minneapolis, 90 degrees. Omaha, Nebraska, 91 today. And then tomorrow, the heat continues to build up into Duluth, 88 degrees. It's nearly 20 degrees above average. Rapid City, 100 degrees. Minneapolis, 95 again tomorrow. So we could see some record-breaking heat over the next couple of days. And then if you're missing out on that, you know, extreme summertime heat in the Northeast, it's a little cool today in the 70s, but we will get right back into the 80s and even 90s as we go into next week. Hartford, 87 on Sunday. Monday's 90. Tuesday's 90. And let's not forget, yes, it is September 1st, so let's talk about the September outlook. And it looks like these warmer temperatures will be sticking around through most of the month, especially down through the southern plains. It's also looking like it should stay drier than average through uh, the middle of the country. So kind of that hot, dry weather that's going to continue and a little wetter than average out in the Pacific Northwest. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan. Coming up, could an in-sync reunion be in the works? We're going to tell you about a potential clue tied to the new Trolls movie that one fan believes that he's uncovered, actually. Ah. <laughs> 